It's the underpowered hour on this week's show. Bond, Bowler, Defender 90, Real or Not Real Bond Gadgets, Rover Camping, Recovery Gear Tips, and Famous Land Rover Owner of the Week. And now, here's the show. Welcome to the Underpowered Hour. I'm Stephen Barris, mild-mannered television executive by day and Land Rover collector by night. You can find out more about my cars and what we're working on at thebarriscollection.com or check us out on Instagram at thebarriscollection. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Ike Goss. Thank you to everyone joining us today. I'm the ladder chassis to Stephen's crumple zone. I'm the untimely demise of podcasting. Ike Goss. I own and operate Pangolin 4x4 in Springfield, Oregon, where we live and breathe Land Rovers. Check us out online on Facebook, Instagram at Pangolin 4x4. Let's get started. All right, Ike. Well, in the news, I mean, not necessarily this week, but I think in the news the last uh, couple of weeks, I don't know if you've had an opportunity to see the Bond 60 Bowler Defender 90. Yes, yes, I did have an opportunity to look at that, and uh, it is it is a special edition with a lot of adjectives. Holy now, moly. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Bowler is now officially owned by Land Rover, is that correct? Yeah, I think that's true. I think that's true. They're, they're sort of like a special vehicles adjacent kind of uh, thing. I, I think they're still, you know, run you know, uh, under their own management. But yeah, I believe they're a wholly owned uh, Land Rover after uh, Mr. Bowler uh, passed away, mm-hmm. what, just mm-hmm. uh, 2018 or something? 2019? Yeah, I think that's, that's right. Not, yeah. in the, in not the last that long ago. Yeah. yeah, it's too bad. He was not a, he was not an older guy either. He was uh, uh, somewhat, uh, was, that was a sad, uh, sad deal. He's obviously a very cool, uh, the Bowler Land Rovers, the Bowler Defenders have always been super cool. The, the Defender, I think it's Defender Challenge, right? Is that the the race that uh, those Bowler modified Defenders are in? Something like that, anyways. And it, I think that's true. Cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's Comp Safari type stuff. And yeah. um, uh, I, I think there's some possible entry into Dakar this coming yeah, year. Yeah, could be. Maybe? Yeah, and certainly I, they've prepared cars for all kinds of different races and stuff. Races, mm-hmm. and, and you can, I mean, it's a turnkey, the, the new modern uh, non Bond 60 Bowler Defender 90, the just regular Bowler Defender 90, the new generation Defender, um, is a is a turnkey uh, rally car. You you buy it from Land Rover from from Bowler, and it comes you know pre roll caged and uh, all your power shutoffs, all the fancy widgets and gadgets necessary for uh, rally competition is already ready to go. And there is a a race series that uh, that comes with it as well that you uh, you can entry into the the Williams Classics guys just got uh, a um, one of those. Those cars for this for this season of uh, of rallying and uh, yeah it's super cool I wish I wish we had that in the United States I think there's probably not that much interest for it here and that uh, that Comp Safari style rally isn't something we really do here as much but uh, yeah they're certainly cool and and they've done the the Bond version so it's no different than the uh, than the regular Bowler uh, sort of a rally uh, new generation Defender except that it has a really cool Bond sixty wrap with uh, the names of all the different uh, Bond films on it. Yeah, when I first saw it, I mistook it for a box DVD set. Yeah, yeah, very similarly. Uh, it has uh, all the names of yeah. the uh, yeah <laughs> the James Bond. Films the back door on the back. is covered in special features, uh, mm-hmm. which is interesting. And there is a uh, an audio commentary available on, on board <laughs> at, at any time as uh, you drive it. 
Yeah, as you drive it. Yeah, and and various controls in the uh, in the car, I believe, are voiced uh, by uh, different uh, different bonds uh, over the years. So. Yeah, the navigation you can choose between uh, yeah. uh, Sean Connery and George Lazenby oh, and Timothy fantastic. Dalton. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so good. The horn is uh, is just Daniel Craig screaming. That's a, an interesting <laughs> feature. But uh, but yeah, no, it's a, it's a neat car. I mean, they've got. I I have to say, the thing I think I like about the Bowler ninety the most is the the latch for the rear door. It's this really cool sunken flat uh, sort of. It's almost like a, a a latch to like a you know a how uh, like a hatch or something on a boat. It's really cool. It's this aluminum piece, and you sort of fit your thumb in and pull up, as opposed to the you know the classic Land Rover door handle sort of thing with the button. The the new one is pretty similar to what the the original Defender had where it's just the handle pull but this is like a really neat sort of latch thing and at first i was like is that a because you don't really see it on the bowler car because the car is usually white and, and that silver so blends in but on the bond car it's the car's all black so you see this crazy latch and i thought they might have put it on just for that car but no it's like a bowler rear door latch that's like super anti-burst and all kinds because the tires back there uh on the bowler cars it's strapped to the roll cage uh in behind the driver and, and uh, co-driver and so they've got this i guess a quicker way to open the back door or something but it's, it's really neat it's they're great cars i mean they're Again, I would do uh, anything to have a, a new generation Defender 90 Bowler race car here. And as you as you mentioned before we started the show, that I, I could have that. I just can't drive it on the road. Which true. I, I mean, know. you could have that and drive it on the road. Yeah, but yeah, legally a little. Dicey. You've got to. Yeah, this is a gray area. At I don't even think it's a gray. I think it's just a hundred percent red gray. area. <laughs> I don't think it's gray at all. No, no, there's no gray there at all. It's, it's a, it's a deep, that is a deep red. But uh, it would be fun and, until it wasn't fun anymore. And then uh, maybe you're in jail. Who knows? But uh, it'll be pretty cool. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a neat looking car. It's got some like smaller diameter, you know, braid style rally wheels. Mm-hmm. And then it's mm-hmm. got the, you know, 60 007 graphics on both sides and the roof. It's got a big yeah. graphic on the roof. So, you know, when the helicopter is chasing you, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> You will not be able to get away for driving your race car on the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't know. Are they street legal in the UK, or is that just a car that you cannot drive on the road anywhere in the world? I'm not. I'm not sure. Couldn't say. Yeah, Couldn't say. yeah. It's worth looking into. Uh, something we could have easily Googled before we started, but we didn't. Um, so I thought on the Bond uh, theme, uh, sort of of today, the loosely the loosely Bond themed uh, episode that we kind of have going on today. Uh, that uh, after after popular demand to never do it again, the list of real <laughs> versus not real things. Uh, I have uh, painstakingly, with the existence of Liza, painstakingly assembled. A real, not real Bond gadgets uh, for you to, uh, to go through. I know these are your favorite uh, things. So uh, we're going to start off with Bond car gadgets, and then we have some right. Bond pocket gadgets uh, after that. Uh, so uh, the Bond uh, ejection seat, which is uh, situated uh, uh, next to the uh, driver and uh, actuated by a button uh, that is uh, oddly underneath the uh, underneath the uh, the gear selector, which seems like it's in a bad place. But uh, is that a real or a not real? Uh, Bond uh, thing. I, I believe that is the real thing that's featured in the films. Do you know what uh, what car it was first featured in? You know uh, which one uh, first had the ejection seat. You know, I'm I'm gonna say it's the Aston Martin, but I'm it not is. for sure. It's the Aston Martin DB5, yeah. uh, which uh, the probably the most famous one is a 1964 Goldfinger one, which you can buy from Aston Martin 
with all the gadgets. Now, I don't believe the seat actually launches you out of the car, but uh, it has uh, you know all the little Bond gadgets, the flipping license plate, all that sort of stuff. And you can buy that car as a as a sort of re- reborn or continuation. But instead of just making a DB5, they decided to make a DB5 that was the Bond uh, DB5 with all of the gadgets and, and stuff. So. Uh, yeah, that's very pretty interesting. Cool. And they're super yeah. expensive, but uh, super cool. Really uh, yeah, cool. I feel like it, it's it's really inexpensive considering what you get. If you're going to buy a Bond DB5, you don't care how much it is. That's, yeah. that's a very discerning customer. Okay, the behind the dash martini bar, a flip down panel uh, in the dash uh, reveals a uh, martini uh, shaker and uh, and two glasses. I can I can see that being a, a feature of a Bond film. Yeah, it I'm is. Uh, say, yeah. That is a made up feature. That is that not is a made a up real, feature. Yeah, that wasn't real. Okay. But uh, it could have been. I agree. I, I think I with more like research, maybe there was. One. Maybe it wasn't in the dash, but maybe it was like in one of the boats. Well, or certainly, in, uh, you know, certainly Rolls Royce has uh, famously has the uh, the bar in the in the rear uh, seats between the seats in the in the armrest. There's a uh, uh, the car invisibility cloak, the ability to park the car somewhere and then have it cloak itself uh, so that it is uh, invisible. I feel like that one's uh, that one's made up. He has smoke screen. I know that, but uh, they did have a smoke screen. The invisibility cloak is in fact a real thing. It was on the what? Aston Martin V12 Vanquish in Die Another Day from 2002, uh, oh. and is regarded as one of the worst visual effects in any <laughs> Bond movie ever. So uh, no worries for for not knowing that's real because no one saw that movie and it was an awful effect. Uh, exhaust mounted flamethrower. Uh, a small sparking uh, device uh, on the exhaust, which would ignite any leftover fuel, as most Aston Martins are producing. Uh, about eighty uh, percent of the of the exhaust is just unburned fuel, uh, and so this sparker would set the fuel on fire, and I assume set on fire the person behind you. I feel like there's got to be some sort of flamethrower gadget in one of the films. There is some flamethrowers, but that one is not real. That, that is a, not real. Uh, that is a made-up one. Uh, machine gun shield, a shield that pops up uh, from the back of the car to shield the back window from machine gun uh, fire, or I guess anything. I mean, this uh, one, this this one, I'm pretty confident is is featured in the films. Yeah, that is a uh, that is an, a, a real one. That is from the Aston Martin DB5 again from Goldfinger in 1964, and something that is featured on the continuation car that you can go and buy. So if you're being chased by someone. That car, by the way, not street legal. Um, but if you are uh, being chased by the police for driving it on the street, you can put up the divider, and uh, and they won't be able to shoot you with machine guns. Uh, and finally, wheel-mounted butter churn, uh, a butter churn built into the mag Ooh. wheel of the car that will create butter while Bond is trying to escape from a would-be villain. Now, this is a feature of a special edition Land Rover, but not a Bond one. That's true. That is the Jamie Oliver wheel-mounted butter churn, which... Butter churn. Uh, which I'm afraid, you know, it's too bad that it isn't a real uh, option that you can get on Land Rovers because I think it'd be popular. You know, I think the artisan uh, bread making movement uh, is really caught on. I feel like wheel mounted butter churn is a is a perfect thing. Okay, so moving on to uh, Bond gadgets, uh, some gadgets that I think uh, that that you'll like uh, the uh, bagpipe flamethrower, second flamethrower in the uh, in the thing here, a uh, a would be uh, piper uh, assassin. Uh, with a uh, flamethrower set of bagpipes. You know, I'm I'm going to say that one seems really outrageous. Uh, and I know there's some outrageous gadgets in the, the films that came out in the 70s, but I'm, I'm going to say that one's made up. 
That is a real one yeah. from The World Is Not Enough in 1999. Oh, there okay. was a right. flamethrower set of bagpipes. I, I had to like look there it up were twice. some crazy ones. There I were had to look it up twice. Ones. I didn't even believe it. Uh, shark inflating pellet, a, uh, a gun that would fire a, uh, a, a, a pellet uh, full of compressed gas that would blow up a shark's head. That is the, uh, the uh, shark inflating, <laughs> inflating pellet. Man, I don't know. There's a lot of Bond movies. There's a lot of gadgets. Uh, I'm gonna. That one sounds. That one sounds made up. Nope, that is a real one That's from Live one. and Let Die in 1973. That is the, the goofiest of Bond That's- era. That's one of the. Now, was it specifically to blow up a shark's head? Apparently, it was specifically to blow or did up he sharks. Just, did he just use that? It's a good question. I mean, we'll never know. I believe it was explained by Q uh, okay. that it could be used to repel uh, sharks. Uh, this was two full years before uh, Jaws used a scuba tank to uh, blow up a shark. Which, by the way, that doesn't work. You can't shoot a hole in a scuba tank and it doesn't blow up. It it just turns into a missile. So, still highly, highly dangerous, but not in the way depicted in the film. So there you go. Uh, a seagull uh, snorkel uh, ad- uh, adorning uh, a, uh, a scuba suit. Uh, so to hide the top of a snorkel, a uh, seagull was attached so that from the top of the water, all you'd see is a seagull <laughs> floating along with James Bond scuba diving underneath. This is like uh, this is like Beverly Hills Ninja. I'm gonna say I, I'm pretty sure I remember that. I think that's a real one. That is a real one from Goldfinger, 1964. Uh, Sean Connery starts the film by coming out of the water with a friggin' seagull attached to the top of his snorkel. Uh, literally the dumbest thing uh, I, I've ever seen. And finally. Finally, radioactive lint, uh, a little bit of lint uh, that has been radiated in such a way that it can be used to track uh, the, the person who is in possession of said radiated lint. Uh, sure. Yeah, it's a real one. That is a real one. And yeah. coincidentally, actually a real spy thing, apparently, where sometimes not necessarily pocket lint, but random things would be irradiated in such a way that they could, their whereabouts could be tracked after the fact. And, uh, that was in, uh, Her Majesty's Secret Service in 1969, uh, radiated pocket lint. What a stupid, stupid thing. But that's a, it's a real bond thing. So there you go. Okay. All right. No, wait, I got, I got a couple for you that I remember. Let's see. Let's see what you think of these. You ready? Mm -hmm. I'm ready. Okay. Like a wrist mounted dart gun. Oh yeah, for sure. Wrist mounted or watch mounted dart gun. Yeah. The Speedmaster able to uh, shoot a uh, poisonous dart for sure. That's got to be true. That's in it. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That's legit. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Uh, a Polaroid camera with a laser. A laser Polaroid camera. Polaroid uh, camera laser. Um, I didn't. Doesn't feel spy enough. Polaroid camera feels feels too too non spy. Yeah. Well, at one time the Polaroid camera was cutting edge, and uh, what makes things more cutting edge than than <laughs> lasers. Uh, reality yeah. lasers? And yeah. so yeah. that is a real one. Oh, that wow. is a real one. All right. Uh, how about a, um, uh, let's see what else. Uh, oh, oh, um, maybe, maybe this one you, you would remember. Uh, it's like a, a, a keychain, a whistle operated keychain that releases mm. poison gas. <laughs> 
seems like a really bad idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you whistle, the house. Yeah. You walk by a bird and it just sets it <laughs> just off. Immediately sets it off and boys not everybody. ideal. Uh it doesn't that that uh, that doesn't seem real. That seems like incorrect. A, that is no, a real. <laughs> this is hard, thing. isn't it? Hard. It is hard. It is hard because there's, there's a lot of crazy ones. There's the ones that are the stupidest are often the ones that are real. Because okay, okay, explosive okay. toothpaste. I think explosive toothpaste is real. I think I remember the explosive toothpaste. You like spread it around a door yeah. and it blows yeah. up. Yeah, okay, and it will blow right, up. Right. Yeah, I and remember that. That one is real. And that one's yeah. okay. Yeah. How about uh, um, the uh, the hovercraft gondola, like in <laughs> Venice. The hovercraft gondola. Yeah. Um, that doesn't sound real. It is real. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's a real one. That's oh, a real one. Oh boy. All That's right. That's pretty they're 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 hard. There's so many crazy ones that there is so many good ones. I mean, those movies are just fantastic. I mean, they're just so outlandish and they're uh, campy, and, and, they're funny. Uh, I love them. I love them to death. Well, that has been yet another rousing round of real or not real. Uh, you know, uh, feel free to uh, to DM us to uh, drop in and suggest a future uh, subjects on, uh, that we can explore in the real or not real realm. So speaking of things that are in fact real, it is in fact getting a little bit warmer outside. Although today here in Los Angeles, it is like a monsoon rain, which happens like three times a year. So everyone has crashed into everyone else here. But uh, we uh, we are getting into uh, spring. And what better to uh, to do in spring than go camping in your Land Rover. So Ike, what are, what are some things that you really love to take with you um, when you go camping in your Land Rover? You know, uh, I get asked this question a lot and my number one answer is always a tarp. <laughs> I, I, I knew it's, a tarp. it's a tarp six times. <laughs> yeah. 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 The, the number two uh, item is also a tarp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are going to do the series of uh, YouTube videos where uh, Ike uh, Ike demonstrates the proper use of a tarp in many different situations. Uh, we've got some. We've got a very special guest coming to visit up in Oregon uh, here in May, and uh, we may just uh, we may just shoot some specialty tarp content. So uh, certainly stay tuned for the old YouTube for that. But uh, yeah, if uh, assume the top ten are tarps, what's yeah. the eleventh thing that you, uh, that you also bring? a tarp? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I uh I have I think we've talked about this before. I and this of course could be a tarp. Um I always uh, I bring a hammock because the nice thing about Land Rovers is that they're like jungle gyms, right? They're just covered in bar well, you know, defenders certainly are just covered in round bars. Yeah. And uh and I am about the right height to string a uh, a hammock between the front windshield uh, uh bar and mm-hmm. the rear tire car- tire carrier or the you know rear uh bumper if you don't have a tire carrier um and uh, lay along the side of the car which is a really nice way to like get out of the wind and the and get up off the ground and stuff and because I sleep on my side uh, I put my I put my like inflatable mattress on the bottom sleep sideways on that and then actually lay with my back against the car and it's actually like crazy comfortable and it's the perfect length for me it's the right height and i can get the i can get the uh the ropes going just right and it's great i i like it a lot i'm a big fan of that i know you just roll in a tarp and roll under the car <laughs> it's true it's true yeah, yeah I'm, I'm just burrito myself up in the tarp and inchworm mm-hmm. under the car under <laughs> <laughs> the car yeah and just uh, you know and uh, just hope that uh, there's no floods that's nice the tarp though keeps uh keeps the oil drips off of you while you're sleeping so it's true. You know, uh, I will say that uh, one thing that I 
tend to always bring camping is a cast iron Dutch oven. Yeah. Because you can cook anything in it. You can bake in it. You can do Mm -hmm. all kinds of great stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. You can cook some really wonderful meals in it. And and the other thing is a is a lantern, a pressure gas lantern. Mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. things last for hours. They'll run on petrol. You know, yep. they're they're great. I always uh, always carry one of those. And then of course a sex swing. Gotta yeah, have a sex that. swing. Yeah, you gotta have that. I mean, gotta you're have out that. in the woods. What else are you gonna do? You know. <laughs> no, I think that's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, the, coincidentally, the sex swing made out of a tarp. You know, I don't know. Hard to believe, but uh, yeah. Stephen, do you know the difference between sex and camping? No. What is it? You want to go camping? <laughs> <laughs> speaking of that, speaking of that, I yeah. uh, speaking of, of sex camping, I uh, a number of years ago at Overland Expo, um, uh-huh. there was a big communal shower tent, and uh, <laughs> I don't want to hear this story. Yeah, no, no way, it gets better. And uh, inside the communal shower tent, what they were doing is they were filling up these uh, these shower bags, these little compressed shower bags, yeah. and they were sending people into. Now it was unfortunately partitioned off inside, so there wasn't mm-hmm. a, wasn't just a big room of people looking at each other as they as they camping shower um it was in fact partitioned so you could listen to people showering each other off but couldn't actually you had to you had to paint a picture for yourself but uh it, it was these uh made by a company called uh t- called uh nemo i don't know if you've seen those they're, they're these helio shower bags they're really cool they pack down to like i don't know maybe the size of a dinner plate, maybe about three inches thick and about as round as a dinner plate. And, uh, and you just fill it up with water and then it's got a little, like a little whoopee cushion thing that you step on that, that pressurizes the bag. It'll pump air into the bag. And then you, uh, you got your little hosey thing and you can just hose off and it works good for cleaning. It works good for all kinds of stuff. I'm a, I'm a big fan of those and they pack down really small so you can just kind of jam it behind the seat or something. You don't need to like, I'm I'm not one for bringing like you know a U-Haul full of camping shit that like I'm gonna it's like I'm setting up Coachella every time I'm uh, I'm going camping I like to you know pack a little smaller now admittedly in my elderly old age I'm definitely bringing more shit with me than I used to I, mm-hmm. I remember like you know taking a, a backpack and like going out for the weekend and like having more stuff than I need now yeah those those days are those days are gone but. Yeah, I I admire that the Robert Louis Jeffersons who can pack a, a lunchbox with a rain yeah. slicker and a pistol and just yeah. like go on and around the world trip. I yeah. I aspire to that, but yeah. uh, find myself bringing more and more all the yeah. time. Yeah, I just can't. I'm not quite at the point where we're where we're like camping in a trailer. I still like tents. I like I like tents. I like sleeping outside in my hammock mm-hmm. in the tent, whatever. I, I have yet to build uh, or to bring like a separate building with me to uh, to sleep in. But I don't know. It's, am I get there i guess i mean they're really nice and uh you know it's, it's convenient it's, yeah it's nice to have a potty with you everywhere you go you know until it isn't you know until that goes <laughs> sideways and then it's really not nice to have that with you to have to have that with you but uh, anyways well well speaking of the dutch oven um the yeah. uh, liza dropped some uh wisdom uh, when it comes to uh, camp cooking tips, let's hear it. And, let's hear it. Uh, well, well, my first, my first camp cooking tip, which I think you mirror as well, is um, I just let Liza cook because smart. she's so much better at it than I smart. am. That's smart. Uh, yeah, she. Did, I would, I would have um, you know maple porridge and uh, and honey bagels for two weeks. If not, I mean that's all. I you know I I live in a in a very simple and I love I love freeze dried beef stroganoff. Which may sound insane, but dude, it's so good. I look do you forward. rehydrate it? Uh, 
Yeah, no, no. I just eat it like, uh, <laughs> yeah, like a breakfast cereal. Actually, I put milk on it and eat it like breakfast cereal. It's, uh, it's, it's not what they suggest, but it's good. It's good. I mean, once you get into it, it um, sounds, but uh, that sounds awful. Liza's uh, tip-top camping tips uh, for cooking when you're camping is to uh, sous vide all of your meat before you go so that it's uh, it's fully cooked through and then uh, just sear it off in your cast iron uh, Dutch oven or in your pan when you're there. And uh, I can tell you, it's uh, super delish. That way you get all the benefit of the campfire without actually having to have it roast over the fire for, for many hours. So you get all that delicious smoky flavor. But uh, but you don't have to deal with the time, which is which is we've done that several times, and it's really good. And uh, she also brings an empty laundry detergent bottle, uh, you know, like the Tide ones with the little button thing that you always think like you're not going to get enough, and then you get too much, and then it's everywhere. And I can't help but like get just get covered in that every time I try to use one of those things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but that's just me. And uh, we, we fill it with water and uh, okay. use it for like washing up and stuff, like a hand-washing station, as opposed to like, like REI sells that same thing for like $45 or something. And you can just use like an old detergent bottle that is free and it lasts for 100 years because it's made of plastic, so it's never degrades. And it already has a little washing detergent in it. So I wouldn't use it for like drinking water, but it works really ask, good. Does for, it taste yeah. soapy? Does it make you bit, be stroking off you know, soapy? It's fine a little bit. You know, it's just a little Tide Potty, but that's okay. You know, the kids tide love potty. it. I mean, they're all they're all about it. Yeah, they love yeah. the Tide Pod. Yeah, you know, but it's all right. Yeah, no, but I think it's a great. It's a it's a it's a super cheap uh, super. And if like something terrible happens to it, like you don't care because it's literally garbage. So you just get another one when you uh, when you when you run out of uh, detergent at home. It's a it's a it's a. There's so a top tip. so Steve's Steve's top tip is <laughs> take garbage with you. Yeah, take garbage with you. Yeah, yeah. use that garbage. Yeah, you know, it's it's uh, it's great. We're gonna take a very quick break to hear from this sponsor. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. And now back to the show. So uh, next up, we have a, uh, what I would say, hotly requested is to talk about recovery gear. Because if there's one thing that Land Rover owners like to talk about more than why a certain part of their Land Rover isn't working, is how to, uh, or not even how to recover their Land Rover, just what additional recovery gear you should buy and affix to the outside of your Land Rover. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I'm, a big, uh, I'm a big fan of this particular piece of recovery gear, and probably one that, uh, and certainly outside of the United Kingdom, they're very, very, very popular there, but, but over here, not, not, not as well known. Sure. Uh, what, what is today's uh, piece of uh, exotic recovery gear? We're going to talk about the Tier 4, also known as a grip hoist. And uh, it's made using some other brand names, uh, Black Rat and some others uh, make kind of a knockoff version, Mm -hmm. you know. But uh, the Tier 4 and grip hoist are kind of the traditional ones. They're usually made in France or Luxembourg. And uh, basically, uh, it's a cable climbing device yeah. it uh, it it uses clamps that uh, kind of work hand over hand mm-hmm. if you can picture that and it's inside a metal housing it's got a handle on it mm-hmm. it's portable uh you carry it around by hand it's operated by hand uh, a few things that are really neat about these things but um you know you, you 
kind of, uh, I grew up like reading about the camel trophies. You see the tier fours utilized in those events. And I always thought they were neat. Um, never thought really too much about it. Uh, you know, I had a lot of vehicle mounted winches, but inevitably you get into a position where you need to use the winch and it's difficult to rig it up uh, to winch in a direction that's not towards the front of your car even if you've got some snatch blocks, it's sometimes difficult to yeah. to quickly rig it up to pull it sideways or backwards. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, the Tier 4 solves that problem. And yeah. uh, if you've got a few vehicles and you occasionally, you know, might get more than one vehicle stuck, this mm-hmm. is maybe another solution to that problem because it can be easily transferred from one vehicle to another. Um, does require a little bit more uh, work, you know, yeah. like a little bit more effort to do to gotta, utilize. Gotta, but they're, yeah. they're easier than you might expect. And yeah. I, I'll be honest, I didn't have or buy a tier four. You look at the cost of these things mm-hmm. new and they're eye-wateringly expensive. Yeah, very and expensive. Uh, the reason for that is because they're rated for overhead lifting. They really yeah. are an industrial piece of yeah. equipment yeah. and uh, that safety factor comes with a cost and yeah. um, it's expensive. Yeah, you can lift uh, you could lift an engine out of your car with it, certainly. Uh, I mean, they're meant, uh, well, they're not meant for anything, but one, one popular industrial use for them is tensioning telephone uh, um, wires. Is, uh, mm-hmm. Tensioning not just the, the wires on the poles themselves, but the tension wire, the guying wire that actually uh, holds the telephone poles up. And, and those things obviously are are extraordinarily heavy and uh yeah they're they're the coolest and simplest sort of thing and the amount of leverage that you can get like the thing you can pull out with the you know somewhat like you said a little bit of effort to to ratchet Mm -hmm. that handle back and forth um if you imagine for those who who can't picture it if you imagine sort of what a high lift jack uh does as as you operate it uh, sort of you know climbs those little climbs up that little bar um the terror does something similar with uh with a cable and and lets you tension things uh, that's somewhat uh, true although i'd like to point out that uh it's not a ratchet and it doesn't store the cable in the mechanism. Right. Yeah, it, that's right. It works it along a cable. Yeah. And so a couple neat features of these things is you can use an indefinite link the cable. You could mm-hmm. have a mile long piece of cable mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you know 10 feet or whatever is convenient for you to carry. So that thing that is a really neat feature. The other yeah. thing is you can move them incrementally. So unlike a high lift jack which right. you have to go up to the next hole the next in hole, the jack right. yeah. rail or unlike a ratchet where you have to go to the next, the next pawl click, on the ratchet, yeah, yeah. you know, you can move them uh, a very small, very finite amount. And uh, they're really good for controlling a load. Mm-hmm. Like if you're lowering something mm-hmm. or moving something under a really controlled way, yep. that is a, a really handy feature of the tier four. The other thing that I really like about them is they work in both directions. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they have two handles, uh, yep. two short handles, two and short then handles, uh, yeah. an extension that fits on each of those short handles. Yeah. And so if you want to pull the cable in, you put it on the in handle, the, you put the extension on the in handle. And if you move it in either direction, back or forward, yeah, it, it in. pulls in. Yeah. So it's twice as fast as a conventional ratcheting come along. Mm-hmm. And so they're really quick. So you can make a lot of progress, even though it's, it's, uh, you know, fully mechanical and hand operated, you, you make a lot of progress really quickly. And then to reverse it, you simply put the extension handle on the other 
Mm-hmm. Uh, short yeah, handle. Sort of flip it over, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and it works in reverse and you can lower it. Yeah. And then it has a clutch to release the cable to free spool it out. Yeah. So it really is a useful thing. And I didn't buy one because I was like, man, that thing's so expensive, blah, blah, blah. But I'll tell you what, you can find these things secondhand on eBay or Craigslist. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the common uses for them is window washing companies to move yeah. the platforms up and down high rise buildings. I didn't realize that and, until you said that. That is, uh, that is, so cool and it makes sense yeah yeah sometimes you can find them uh like a pile of them used by the window washing companies for pretty cheap i bought mine at a yard sale it was i was nearly unused for i think it was 150 bucks wow and so those those deals are definitely out there they come in a few different sizes they Mm -hmm. come um i think from 2,000 pounds overhead lifting up to like 6,000 pounds overhead yeah. lifting, the 6,000 pounder, it's pretty unwieldy. Yeah, and that's big, a three yeah. times safety rating. So it's really for huge vehicles or, you know, really heavy duty yeah, use. Big, the big small one cables will, and stuff. Yeah. The small one, which I think the model number is TU 17. That mm-hmm. would get you out of most stuck incidents. Yeah. Um, especially if you got a pulley, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I just keep mine in a ammo case, like a wooden mm-hmm. ammo case, you know, one of those like Vietnam yep. era mm-hmm. ones. And I can put it in any car or use it around the house uh, to, you know, pull a tree or to pull yep. something, pull a bush out of the, uh, you know, out of the uh, flower bed, whatever. They're yeah. really useful, versatile piece of equipment. I think they're, you know, everybody should have one. Yeah, but, they're super uh, cool. They're super cool. We uh, we once recovered one of the uh, one of the G four uh, folks at uh, Eastern Castle. We uh, we were there in uh, I don't know Chris and I Chris who doesn't listen to the show and I were there in <laughs> um, you know I don't I don't know some uh, several years ago and uh, yeah it was necessary that was a situation where we had the winch on the front of the Defender um, but because the this was a Defender one thirty that they were trying to get out and it was sliding sideways. And, mm. uh, you know, all of the, you know, snatch blocks and redirections and everything in the world, um, you know, will not, you know, uh, make that an easy thing to do. Um, but the chair for you just, uh, stick it, uh, you know, right off the side of the car. And there was, you know, a, a good recovery point on the, on the side and just pull it back onto the track and it was no big deal. It's really a, uh, yeah, they're really, really handy. And, uh, yeah, the window washing is a really good tip. Uh, yeah, they're incredibly expensive new. Um, but, uh, but they're like bomb proof. Like I don't, I mean, they're like a, they're like a Bridgeport mill. Like there's ones from the 1940s. I'm sure that are still, you know, from world war two that are still working. I'm, I'm, That's sh- true. I'm certain of and, it. And you can't over lubricate them. You can, you know, take them apart, pour oil in them. You can't over lubricate them. They do have a uh, little, um, pins in them. Mm-hmm. So uh, overload pins and you can buy those overload pins still to this day. So, wow. uh, you know, I think the thing that you got to keep in mind if you're buying a used one is it's really useful to have the handle with it. It's it's like a, a folding extension yeah. handle. That's really useful, although not critical. The critical yeah. thing is actually the cable. The cable is of a type that it's a solid core cable, so it can't mm-hmm. be crushed. Mm-hmm. And it is important to get the uh, stock original cable with your Tier 4 unit because the cable is also really expensive if you have to yeah. buy it. So if you get a used one, look for the cable, make sure the cable's with it, mm-hmm. and uh, try and get the extension handle. But... Uh, uh, those things are are super useful. Last New Year's Day, uh, we had a Jeep with us on like 37-inch tires. We were doing a, a trail up in the Tillamook National Forest, and it flipped over and rolled down a hill, and it got wedged with the windshield frame in, in over a stump, right? So you couldn't pull it upright because mm. it was hooked on the yeah. – hooked on the stump and uh it was a pretty nasty rollover but uh uh, we used the tier four to pull it backwards up a hill 
mm-hmm. off the stump. And then we used a winch with a snatch block to a tree to turn the vehicle upright and uh, really was a smooth recovery. And it yeah. couldn't have been done without the tier yeah. four winch. And it's, it's impossible to uh, highlight how much better it is than a come along. I hate come along so much. They yeah. are, most of them are garbage. Most of the yeah. ones that anybody who's had experience with one, you'd buy at Harbor Freight or something. They're all total garbage. And the ones that are, are like usable are so expensive and still just a bad design. The idea of spooling the cable into uh, the thing as opposed to playing it out the back. It's these it's sort really of and winch approach to, uh, you know, to moving a cable along is just better. It's just a it's just a better design. It is, yeah. Some people, I think there's one like um, Master Pull, or you yeah. know, they advertise them under a few different brands, but it's like a cast, you know, come along sort of situation with a, a spool of cable on it. It pinches the cable, it turns into a bird's yeah. nest. It's really limited in the amount that you can pull, yeah. and you have to pull it to the next ratchet, so you're mm-hmm. always having to pull it a certain amount. And uh, to reverse it is is almost Ugh. dangerous because you got to release oh, yeah. the pawls and kind of yeah. lower it with the ratchet. Um, the tier four is a much better, much safer design and uh, much more versatile. So if you hate come alongs, you might still like this thing. You, you'll probably love it. And it camel trophy tested, camel trophy approved. They can't go wrong. So uh, finally, uh, I to uh, wrap up this uh, James Bond uh, semi themed uh, episode. Uh, a famous Land Rover owner of the week, uh, by far everyone's favorite segment that we have uh, not visited in a little while. Actually, it's been uh, it's been uh, several weeks since we've had a famous Land Rover owner. So we decided that we would come along uh, and uh, find a uh, <laughs> a bond that we have yet to do, which is all of them except for Daniel Craig. And so uh, Pierce Brosnan is the famous Land Rover owner of this week, and uh, his Land Rover is actually a Range Rover Vogue HSE, a new uh, new generation Range Rover Vogue, which uh, we don't get here in the U.S. Yeah, I did not realize he possessed this vehicle. Yeah, he's got it. It's over there in the U.K. Um, he has some really neat cars. He has a, uh, you know, a BMW. I8. He has a, a Ford F-150 that he drives in the UK, which is which is crazy. Uh, and that's got to be that is not cheap. Uh, he's got some BMWs. He's got some other stuff. He has he had a V12 Vanquish that was made by Aston Martin specifically for him. It was customized at the factory to his exact specification and uh, and all bonded out. Unfortunately, it was completely destroyed in a fire apparently yeah, that they had at the uh, at the Brosnan residence in uh, 2015 um and so that very very unique one of a kind car was gone but i think most notably probably the most important vehicle that he has is a 1965 Ford Anglia of course made popular <laughs> <laughs> by the uh, Harry Potter uh, books, uh, you know, most notably uh, in the uh, the Chamber of Secrets book. I, I know you're a big fan of the Harry Potter franchise, and uh, and so you'll know that that uh, that car gets uh, uh, gets trashed by the Whomping Willow, um, and then lives uh, a, a life of uh, skullduggery uh, in the uh, haunted woods uh, behind uh, Hogwarts. So uh, I believe that's why Pierce Brosnan has the Ford Anglia. He's a huge fan of the books. Uh, he may be a wizard. We're not sure. Uh, I mean, it's impossible to say he isn't a wizard. Let's put it that way. And uh, and the Ford Anglia is uh, loved by wizards uh, world over. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I, um, I'm excited to uh, look up some pictures of those cars. 
Especially yeah, the, the Aston Martin. That oh, that exist it's anymore. such a cool looking Aston Martin too, and it, like the interior was all done out, and it was. I mean, it was it was a gorgeous car, and apparently a pretty big fire up there. He lost a number of cars in that fire, and a, and a gorgeous house. I mean, a, an amazing, you know, sort of multi car garage, the whole the whole deal. So, uh, yeah, it was just, it was really too bad, and uh, yeah, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, his current Range Rover's fine. The i 8s fine. He had lots of uh, other cars el- elsewhere, and and most importantly, uh, the Ford Anglia is uh, just fine. It is also the same blue color from the Harry Potter film. So mm. I don't know if it was a Ford Anglia in the film. I'm not sure. I know it was in the book, but I don't know if it was in the in the film or not. Couldn't say. Yeah. Anyways. Well, that's what we have uh, for uh, this week. And uh, unfortunately, because of an overindulgence uh, in uh, talk about the uh, 1965 Ford Anglia, we have run out of time uh, for Ike's review uh, of Nando's. So we will have to get to that uh, next week. And we apologize for Shoot. Uh, that and to the Nando's people who have been on hold uh, for this entire episode. <laughs> um, so we'll get to that next week. So uh, again, as always, uh, head on over to the Underpowered Hour uh, shop. We've got some uh, some new stuff uh, going up there. New stickers and uh, new t-shirts and uh, uh, all kinds of neat stuff uh, coming there very soon. So make sure that uh, over the coming weeks you uh, you check in uh, there. We're going to be uh, starting to release some of that stuff uh, over the next few weeks, and you'll certainly want that in time for your uh, spring camping trips uh, or uh, your Tier 4 uh, adornment. Uh, they, they go great on the Tier 4. Just uh, stick the stickers on the side there. Uh, it's an extra level of safety. You get a 4 to 1 safety advantage with an underpower hour sticker uh, on the side of your Tier for that is a that is a, a fact so <laughs> all right steven i will see you next time and it's been a slice see you next time take care the underpowered hour is produced by me steve barris and ike goss pavel svartov composed and performed our theme music consider supporting the show on patreon and if you already do thank you your support makes the show possible for even more check out our instagram or facebook Mm -hmm.